preacher. Well, praise the Lord. I'm, I'm glad that we do have a word of God. I stood in the um, uh, Romans chapter 14. I stood in a public school in Kenya, Africa, asked the students how many people uh, in this room, about 150, how many had a Bible. Three of them raised their hands. And then I would ask them, how many of you have ever read that Bible? None would raise their hands. But I'm here to report today that every kid in that school now has a copy of God's Word because our container arrived. Amen. So uh, please do pray. There's always going to be projects in my prayer letters. I'm always going to ask for projects. I'm not asking for money for Mike Van Horn and Paula Van Horn for a new washer and dryer. I'm not asking for those things, but I will give you an opportunity to help with containers. I will give you an opportunity to help with church projects and different things like that. Uh, so with that said, if you get my prayer card, on the back is our website, vanhornroa.com. Pastor receives our um, our newsletter. I won't say it's a monthly newsletter because it is and isn't, preacher. I try and get six out a year. I really need to do better. But there is a, our website. There is a place you can sign up and begin receiving our our newsletters uh, that way if you would like. And then I do send out little devotions. They're not really long. There's something really short, just something to give you something to think about maybe 10, 15 times a month. Uh, but you can sign up again on, on our website. Church, I do, I, I'm very grateful to you and I'm very thankful uh, that you are part of what we do. And uh, you thank me and, and say thank me for doing what I do. I can't do it without you. Um, it, this whole thing is, is we're just a team. I get no more than you get, amen? Uh, without you, I do nothing. Without the local church, we're nowhere. And uh, we're just one great big team together, and I'm thankful for it. Romans chapter 12 tonight, the Bible says this very simply. So then, every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. So then, every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Father, this evening, Lord, I am overwhelmed and I am grateful, Father, uh, for what has taken place tonight. Lord, a, a sinner has come under repentance, and from what your scripture says, a multitude of sins has been hidden. This precious little lady wept like a two-year-old child, Lord, in that seat, as you worked on her heart and began to reveal things to her and to show her. Now, God, she's a brand new baby Christian, and Lord, she'll never have to stand before you uh, as a judge. Lord, she'll never be judged for her sin. But, Lord, she will have to give an account of herself to you just like I will. Tonight, Lord, I pray that you'd help her as she's got many decisions to make. And I pray that you'd please bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. I, I'm not a real big, we don't have the TV hooked up in our home. We're not big news watchers. And I'm not against it if you are. I'm just saying that we don't. I have one NPR news nap on, or app on my phone. I do have a, an iPhone. I got an app. Amen. Uh, and... Uh, I go to the NPR and usually I look at the I look at the headlines just kind of see what's going on. It's a pretty good idea to know what's going on in South Korea if Rocket Man's up to something when I'm going to land in North or South Korea here in a few days. So I do watch the news and see what's going on. NPR had this report just a few days ago and it said this. It said evangelical Christians are suffering from an identity crisis. The article stated that in a recent survey of self-described evangelicals. Now, don't get nervous. I'm not part of an evangelical movement, but you'll understand why I associate myself with an evangelical, per se, when you hear their definition of it. He, uh, this survey was taken by Lifeway Research, which that group is affiliated with the Southern Baptists. They said, we found less than half of the group that was surveyed actually accepted the authority of the Bible, 
How many believe that the King James Bible is the Word of God? I do, amen. Um, uh, and, and then a half of that group actually accepted the authority of the Bible, believed that Jesus is the key to eternal salvation. Anybody in here believe that Jesus said, I am the only way, the truth, and the life? And he said the third part that they surveyed him about, that they had a commitment to spread the gospel to non-Christians. Now, if that's what an evangelical is, guilty, amen? I'm guilty. Well, the survey said that less than 50% of the so-called evangelicals actually believe that. Less than 50%. Now, that means I'm not talking about they didn't go to, to all uh, King James Bible-believing Baptist churches and surveyed only us. There's probably a broad group of who they called uh, uh, evangelicals. But the sad truth of the matter is those people that are supposed to have this doctrine, which is enough to get anybody to heaven, Bible authority, uh, salvation by Jesus Christ and Him alone, and being willing to spread the good news, uh, if only 50% believe it, why in the world are they going to church? I'm afraid sometimes church has just become another social activity, another way of life, another thing that this is what we do, and it's extremely sad. We live in a day where information's at the swipe of a finger. Uh, you know you can't trust Wikipedia? <laughs> you know what's really interesting, I never knew it, is, is at the bottom it says, if you'd like to change this article, go ahead. <laughs> You can change Wikipedia. You can change the, the Internet's encyclopedia as long as you claim that you changed it. I'm like, wait a minute. This is crazy. There's a mind behind every movie that's made. There's a mind behind every documentary, including the ones that try and tell you that. Uh, and you know people believe this just because it's on TV? Documentaries like We Found the Bones of Jesus? They believe it because they see it on TV. It must be real. It's on TV. They made a documentary of it. There's a mind behind it. There's a mind behind every message I preach and every article I write. And I'll tell you, that mind is found in Philippians 2, 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. If I'm going to write anything, if I'm going to say anything, I want it to be said the same way Jesus would say it. Amen? And that's the way it needs to be. Every wind of doctrine that's presented to the mind, including this opie wimpery stuff. <laughs> oh, I, we are in trouble, folks. I heard she said she might run for president. Did y'all hear that? Oh, my soul. Well, anyhow, she started her own little religion, didn't she? And it's just like no other, like all other religions, it's just all feel-goody. Uh, if you think you're okay, just be a good person and everything's going to be okay. You know, there's many roads that lead to Atlanta. Well, like one preacher said, I'm not going to Atlanta, honey, I'm going to heaven. And the only way to go to heaven is through the blood of Jesus. The different movements that are out there, it seems like the Come As Yar movement, the Rock It Out at Church, these, these churches with black ceilings and, and stage lights and, and rock and roll concerts, I don't understand it. And I'll tell you, a lot of folks don't like it. I witnessed to the lady at the gas station that I, I filled up before I came down here up in Murfreesboro, invited her to our church, and she says, boy, I've been to a couple of them around here. She says, it's like going to a rock concert. I said, well, come to Franklin Road Baptist Church. It is not like that. Amen. It's a church much like this. But there's other uh, thoughts out there. This, this ain't for me movement, pardon my grammar. But there's another movement out there along, amongst many people, and it's just I really don't care. I was really amazed at, at Mimi tonight, her openness. Now, that wasn't because of us. 
the Lord had been working on her heart. She told us that it was just either last night or the night before that she found herself on her knees praying to her higher power that she called him her God. I said, who did you pray to? She said, well, I, I don't know. I, I, I think it was God. And that's where we had to get her to understand just who God was. But something was drawing her, amen? I got a pretty good idea. Maybe somebody in hell was praying, send somebody to meet me. Send somebody to meet me. Well, believe it or not, we're all going to stand before God the Father, God the Son, and God the Blessed Holy Ghost of God. And we're going to give our own answers concerning eternal life. And we're going to have one answer, and that's Jesus is the only way. Well, once our eternal destination has been presented, then we'll give an account of how we lived our life. Now, you don't have to believe that, but when you stand before him, you're going to say, boy, old Brother Van Horn knew what he was talking about. It's in the book. It's called The Great White Throne Judgment. Uh, it's there. Well, I, I'm glad that the spirit of truth lives inside of me. John 14, 17. I don't, I don't, I'm going to go ahead and read. Uh, I read this article in Newsmax. It said this. So with their faith, in the Bible, talking about evangelicals. So with their faith in the Bible and Jesus, evangelical Christians may seem similar to other Christian denominations, even bearing some of the same names, but their unique beliefs and interpretations of Christianity make them a distinct worldwide movement evangelizing the born-again experience. Jesus said it. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. And then he would go on, the article would go on to say, emphasizing the born again experience, the infallibility of the, uh, of the Bible, salvation by faith in Jesus alone, the need to evangelize or spread their message, and the rapture of the church in the end times. Amen. And that's what we believe. Why do I believe it? Well, I got a Bible that says so, and I made up my mind a long time ago. I'm just going to believe what God said. <laughs> Amen? I'm just going to believe it because He said it. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, they don't understand it. They really don't. You know why they can't? Because their spirit's dead. Their spirit's dead. They cannot receive the things from the Spirit because they're spiritually discerned. But even the Spirit of truth, who the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, but he also dwelleth in you. Isn't that incredible? Christ is in you. I want to take those two words for just a minute and give this thought to you tonight. We know him because his spirit will bear witness with our spirit. Aren't you glad his spirit speaks to your heart? Aren't you glad you don't have to wonder whether you're saved? I don't wonder whether I'm going to heaven. Because the only way I'd go to hell is if God was a liar. And according to my Bible, it's impossible for God to lie. Amen? I did what he said. I believed he is who he said he was. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. I believe he was buried. But thank God he rose again. And I accept that into my heart. Received the free gift of eternal life. His spirit came into me just like Mimi said. I feel good. I feel clean. She felt like something took place tonight. Now I know salvation's not in a feeling. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Doesn't say shall feel saved. And your experience, if you will, may have been a little bit different. May not have been anything where you got up off your knees and felt a thing. But it doesn't matter. If you believe that Jesus is God, that he died on the cross and he rose three days later, and you invited him into your heart, hallelujah, you're on your way to heaven. Amen. Now I, I do know this. Listen carefully. He'll never lead you where he doesn't need you. 
that I really enjoyed what the preacher said to Mimi tonight. When he said, we're eating here tonight because of you. I, I, I believe that so much with all my heart that God will never take any one of us somewhere where there's not a sinner that needs to be saved. He won't take us to the mailbox. He won't take us to the mall. He won't take us to McDonald's. He won't take us anywhere where we will not be confronted with someone that needs to be saved. I believe with all my heart. My battery, so I thought, went dead up in Ohio. So I thought. Well, I went and got a new battery. Amen? Well, while I was getting a new battery, I led the fella, Brian, to the Lord at AutoZone. Amen? Went home, put the battery in, it still wouldn't start. Well, my starter was on warranty. So I went back, got a different starter. Witness to that fella, he's already saved. Put the starter in, still wouldn't start. And I, I'm thinking, my truck's dead. It has no reason to die. It's an 03 Chevrolet Silverado. Hallelujah. It only has 533,000 miles on it. So it shouldn't have a reason to die. Well, that next morning, I'm thinking to myself, Lord, why won't my truck start? I've checked the battery. The battery's good. The starter's good. And then it hit me. You checked one end of the ground cable, but not the other. So I went out in the garage and yanked that old ground cable and started that old truck right up. Went to the auto zone, bought a ground cable, and led another guy to the Lord. <laughs> Thank God for a broken down truck. Hallelujah. God will never lead you where he doesn't need you. Never. There's people. I believe we're living in exciting times, and you need to get on board. I believe the Holy Spirit of God's working full time, as he always has. But I really believe people are thinking there's got to be something different out here. There's got to be something to this thing. I really believe that. And I believe he's, he's getting men and women ready for salvation. Romans 8.10, the Bible says this, And if Christ be in you, hallelujah, uh, Jesus Christ is in me, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. <laughs> well, he sure does want us to live a good life, doesn't he? He wants us to live a clean life. Uh, will it be easy? Um, no, not all the time, unless you just decide to listen to the Bible. Hallelujah. Amen. If you decide to let the Bible be your guide and your theme, and, and some of the words that Mimi was saying to me tonight was so amazing, she understood the concept. She, she understood the fact that if God says it, she needs to do it. And she's going to have some struggles, and she knows it, preacher. I've directed her to this place. We know him because sin is always revealed in our hearts before you fall into it. Don't you know it's what's right and wrong? This is the covenant I'll make with them after those days, saith the Lord, I'll put my laws into their hearts and in their minds will I write them. He just wants to let you know that they're already in there and he's going to let you know what's right or wrong before you fall into that mess. And uh, good news, if there's just a little bit of a hesitation, you're not sure whether it's right or wrong, err to the wrong and stay out of trouble. Amen. Stay out of trouble. But then he sure makes us feel dirty if we indulge in it, don't we? Man. I'll be glad when I get a new body and I'll be just like him. I'll be so glad. Philippians 2.5, let this mind, the King James Bible, be in you. Amen? You want to know what God's thinking? Pick it up. You got his mind. Hallelujah. Read through that thing. Read through it. Read it regularly. Memorize it. You ought to read a chapter of Proverbs every day. I'm sure your preacher tells you. Uh, 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, a chapter a day. It's pretty easy. I read Proverbs chapter 10 today. Matter of fact, I had to read chapter 9 because I didn't get nine read yesterday, amen? So you can go back and get caught up. But read a chapter of Proverbs every single day. The Bible says, let this mind be in you. Christ is in you. His spirit is in you. 
His mind is in you, which is the Word of God. Amen? Well, uh, I'm thankful for the Bible. My pastor Norris, just Wednesday night, just the other night, or Sunday night, said this. The average Christian is more concerned about what the Bible allows than what the Bible commands. I thought, how profound. The average Christian is more concerned about what the Bible allows than what it commands. Boy, we just need to get on board. 2 Peter 1.8 says this. Here's some things that the spiritual truth has put in you. Now, the Bible says in verse 8 of 2 Peter, For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Go with me this evening, and I'll, I'll try and wrap it up if I can have just a few, few more minutes. 2 Peter chapter number 1. How's a pastor say, no, you can't have a few more minutes? You know, preachers say that all the time. Anyway, I'm going to keep on moving here. Um, he says in 1 Peter chapter number 1, 2 Peter, excuse me, I'm sorry, 2 Peter chapter number 1, and it says in verse 8, For if these things be in you and abound, they grow, they're, they're, they're many, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful. I don't want to go to heaven and not have anything to present to God. I don't want to be barren. I really don't. So look at the list. Faith comes first, uh, starting in, uh, let's see, let me go back up. In, um, in verse 5, and besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Faith is first. We've got to have the faith in Christ. Amen? We've got to be born again. Then he said virtue. You know, virtue is really just moral goodness or strength to stand against temptation. When we understand and memorize scripture, there is no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, will not suffer you, who will not allow you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you'll be able to bear it. You can't get tempted with anything God can't get you out of. That's probably not proper grammar, but that's okay. You understand the concept, right? Amen. There's going to be temptations, but every single person in this world has been tempted by similar things or exactly the same. And God says, don't worry. I'll get you out of it. Just follow me. And then knowledge. And to knowledge. Of course, knowledge, just learning more about God. And to knowledge, the more you know about him, the more you love him. Amen? I know, I know the closer I get to him, the more I love him. The more I like to talk about him. The more you see lives change. Brother, hallelujah. You help me keep going. Amen? The more lives you see change. To literally, I cannot wait to step foot on that property in Kampung Cham, Cambodia, and begin to watch 50 Cambodian kids that only know about some golden Buddha that would die and go to hell had it not been for us starting a church and starting a, uh, a Christian school in that area. Soon they'll not only know how to quote John 3.16, but they'll know what it means. And then temperance temperance. They call it self-control, but I always like to say if you let the Holy Ghost control you, you won't have a hard time controlling yourself. Amen? Temperance. And then patience. Boy, I'll tell you, we just got to learn to put up with people, don't we? <laughs> Can I tell you something today? You don't have to look too far to find somebody in worse trouble than you are. You don't know what's behind their attitude. You don't know what's causing them to be angry. You don't know what's causing them to hurt. If you've sat across the table from as many people as I've sat across the table with, hurting and broken and undone, and listened to their stories, you'd understand whether just people 
We need to have patience with them, and we need to help them to understand the truth. And then godliness. Boy, we need Christians to be godly, don't we? Amen. Brotherly kindness goes right along with it, and charity. Well, here's the thing, church, and I am almost done. When it's time for you to stand before God, you'll give your report, every one of us. And the very first report's going to be salvation. We're going to have to, he's going to ask us, why should I let you in? And he's going to ask a lot of these people out here, why should I let you in? And there's going to be a lot of memes that will say, well, I don't know. I've never heard. It's the truth. There's a lot of people dying and going to hell that's never heard. In America, the United States of America, as a, as a man right here, I was 42 years old before anybody came up to me on the street and asked me about my soul. 42. And I don't think it's happened since. Once. And I'm 56. One time, somebody come up to me and said, Sir, do you know where you'd be if you died today? One person. That's humbling, isn't it? Now, we've got the, uh, we've got the answers, and, and we've got to tell them, because, you see, then we're going to uh, have to be fully prepared to give our report on our separation. <laughs> um, I want to stand before God clean. I don't want to stand before God... Um, maybe he'll take us up in what we're wearing. I don't know. I sure wouldn't want to have to stand in front of him if I was running around uncovered. Amen. I'm just going to stop right there, but that's the truth. We're going to have to give account for our separation. Our separation usually determines our ability or our desire to witness. But the third thing we're going to have to get account, give account for, church, is our service. What are you going to present to him? I've got an old mountain man preacher and and, uh, brother, I was telling you about him. He asked me how I'm doing. I said, uncommonly well. <laughs> and uh, that, that's a good start, too, of a conversation. I like to tell folks uh, about that all the time. And I'll say, uh, uncommonly well. And they say, well, that's interesting. I'll say, yeah, you know why I'm uncommonly well doing so good? And I'll say, I got Jesus living in my heart. How about you? Just something to get it started, you know. My old Mount Man preacher has been blind for 10 years. He's got more scripture in his heart than you can absolutely imagine. Brother Harvey Trivel has been one of the greatest influences on my life than anybody else. He's taught me some things. He taught me how to ask. Ephesians 3, uh, Ephesians 5 and 3 and 20, I believe, or 3 and 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what I can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. How many know the power that worketh inside of us is the creating power? <laughs> Hallelujah. And he said if I can ask it and think it, he can do it. He said, Brother Van Horn, I was in a church one time, and this evangelist got up, and he preached, and he said, have you ever asked God to let you win somebody to Jesus? Have you ever asked God to maybe let you win five people to, 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 uh, to Christ before you die? He said, have you ever asked God to let you win 10? He said, how about 20? He said, why don't you pray and get your own number? And Brother Harvey said, Brother Van Horn, he said, it took me about two months, but one night in the middle of the night, I woke up and he said, God, I want 999 million souls to my account, and you can double it if you like to, and I'll thank you for the more. He said, I've been praying for 999 million souls ever since. When God called me to this international ministry, I began to pray. I have a very a deep burden for, for the Chinese people. On the back, there's some Chinese tracks. I've, I have projects sometimes where I print the Chinese tracks to give them out to people. And please take them. I don't want to take those Chinese tracks home. Give them to some Chinese people. If you need more, we'll do everything we can to get you some more. And the Lord began to burden my heart, and I began to kneel and pray and said, Lord, there's 1.3 billion Chinese people right now in this world. 
at that time. And I said, I want them all. I said, please give me 1.3 billion souls to my account. You say, preacher, that's crazy. Well, I'm a little bit crazy. My dad has a life verse for me, Matthew 17, 15. Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's lunatic. Amen. Uh, but can I tell you something? If he give me the ability to ask it, and if he's given me the ability to think it, and he's told me that I'll work it through you, why can't he give me 1.3 billion souls to my account? How many of you think he could do that for you? I do. Well, let me, let me just challenge you tonight. Get you a number. Get your own number. It, it doesn't have to be 1.3 billion. But if your God's as big as mine is, why don't you make it 10 billion? Who knows? I don't know how long we're going to live. But get you a number. And, and begin to ask God. And then you know if you're going to want to reach that goal, you're going to have to start doing something about it. Saturday morning's good, but why don't you start Saturday afternoon and then Saturday evening and then let it roll on into Sunday morning and Sunday night and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. And before long, you're just telling everybody about Jesus. <laughs> it don't matter what they think about you. Hallelujah. It only matters what Jesus thinks about you. But one day, I'm going to stand and I'm going to say, Lord Jesus, God in heaven, I get to come in because of your son. And I, I, I hope if I have to go wearing something that, I, that I'm uh, uh, wearing down here, I'm gonna, I won't go like this. Amen. And it won't be long. And he's going to say, get rid of that tie, would you? But when I go and I have to give an account for my service, I want to say, Lord, look, I asked. And, and I began to work. And I began to pray. And I began to invest. And I began to go. And I began to do. And God, look, we got 1.3 billion souls I'd like to give an account for tonight. I don't know, church. I just believe he's real, and I believe he's big, and I don't want to limit him. I don't want to hold him back. I don't want to stop him. I don't want to let circumstances stop us. I don't want to let trials. I don't want to let tribulations. I don't want anything to stop us from winning one more soul to Christ. Who could tell? Maybe the next D.L. Moody. Somebody else may win my 1.3 billion but if I win them first, guess who gets the account for it? Amen? I don't know tonight, church, what's on your heart. But, Pastor, you come and close out. Um, if you're not saved in this room tonight, not 100% sure heaven would be your home. Boy, it would be horrible to leave this place and die and go to hell. <laughs> it would be horrible. If I was you, I'd just confess to the Lord Jesus you're a sinner. Believe that he died on the cross and rose again for your sins. Ask him to come into your life to change you and to help you. And he'll do that exact thing. Maybe he's calling you into the ministry. I was 37 years old when God said, Mike, I want you to go. I just threw up the flag and said, here I am. No education whatsoever, whatsoever other than a high school education, four years in the Air Force, and uh, just a construction worker, owned my own little business. God said, I want you to go do my business. I just threw up the flag and went. And man, 18 years later, <laughs> I've preached on all six habitable continents, the Lord's allowed me to do so many things. It's just absolutely incredible. And maybe he'll use you too if you let him. Amen? And maybe just volunteering around here, going into your prisons, getting involved in the church. Whatever it may be, you just do what he says tonight.